1: Hey guys, welcome into a special edition of The Last Ship After Show right here on Afterbuzz TV and AfterbuzzTV.com coming to you a couple days late. Thanks to the VMAs on Sunday night. We are talking cry havoc tonight, the penultimate, that means second to last episode of the second season of The Last Ship. Uh, I'm Bobby DeMiro joined by Nick Grava and special guest in studio with us today, busy tweeting is he's too good for us. Mm-hmm. I, Travis
0: you guys just told me to tweet. <laughs> sure we did. <laughs> so I'm tweeting the fans. Travis
1: the Travis Van Winkle. If plays, questions now I'm on after bus <laughs> There it's that's great. perfect. That's good. <laughs> We are, I'm glad you did that actually because we all have our phones out. We are all on Twitter. So if you're watching this live on the live stream, we already got a ton of questions from you guys the last couple weeks. If you're watching this live, you can send in questions. He is at TVdub. I'm at Bobby DeMuro. Nick, you're at Nicholas. At Nicholas Bravo.
0: Whoa.
2: It's only been a whole season.
0: You can't get my Twitter handle. Well, sorry. Um, You guys are real friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Kate Kate is regrettably out tonight. So is Monzi. I feel real bad for Kate. I know you had the ring, you had the flowers, you have the present. It's all off camera. I guess um, I have
0: to give it to someone else now. Do you, Nick? Are you single? Or are you? You either? know,
2: I am, and I hate to do that for Kate. That's terrible. She would really—I'm sure she's watching live, and I'm sure she's going to be tweeting in the most questions for you.
1: Tweet away. I can guess what the questions are going to be. Let's get yeah. into it today. Tongue cry havoc. Also, obviously, going to talk to Travis about uh, Lieutenant Green, uh, fatherhood. First things first. How's the baby?
0: Uh, still developing. Uh, maybe a, a limb grew today, or an internal <laughs> organ. Maybe an eyeball. I'm not sure. Do you
1: uh, do you get people coming up to you being like, "Hey, you know, you make such a great dad. Like, I really like
0: the relationship." And you're like, "Okay, wait a second. It's just television." No, what I get is in the supermarket, I get middle aged men uh, that are usually give me the eye, like. I know, you, I know you. I know you. I know you. I know you. And I'm like, okay, I think you're probably a fan of the show. Um, but no, no one's uh, no one's come up to me yet and told me I was going to be
1: a good dad. Have you Have you been talking to your agent? So we have this thing. We've got a host here, Stefan Wallace, for folks who watch a lot of Afterbus, and he does a lot of commercials where uh, he he's portraying a young dad. You know, different commercials for companies. And there's that whole segment in entertainment here in L.A. for folks who aren't familiar. You split people up into different casting groups, and one of them is young dad. Do you think you've got? a young dad future in commercials and acting and stuff or or are you still like you know what I'm not there yet don't push this on me let's see how I do in season
0: three actually <laughs> as a dad okay and we'll go from there if I want to start a commercial career which is probably pretty lucrative <laughs> let, let's uh, let me I'll, I'll answer you
1: in a year so so is that confirmation that's now fair. that's fair. that's season three you're gonna survive the baby survives so we're, we're gonna see well who knows I mean, uh, uh, maybe. Maybe episode one. I, I don't know. <laughs> do you know anything? So have, do you know, have you seen a script yet? Have you seen any idea for season three?
0: I know nothing. Really? And, and none of yeah. us do. And that's how they keep it. So they, they, they don't want us to know too much so that it's very real for us. So we, we, we can continue to be excited about it. And they think that if we know too much, then it might ruin some kind of, some, some of our process of getting into it. So they literally, they just hold it over our heads. Saying, well, okay,
2: we'll tell you just a little bit,
0: but not too much. That's
2: exciting and terrifying yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. I'd say
1: <laughs> we had uh, Stephen Kane in here a few weeks ago. Says nothing but good things about all you guys. Obviously, we've had Jocko and Kevin in here. Jocko Sims, Kevin Michael Martin. Uh, Kevin. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> those those two. Why, see, why do you say that? Because yeah. those two are they as much of a practical joker tandem on set as they seem to be when they were with us? Because they're
0: absolutely. Well. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, you get all three of us together, we have a damn good time.
2: <laughs> I can only imagine filming scenes with all three of you. And them two on the couch, they're hilarious. They are always joking around, always a good time, so I can only imagine you guys filming scenes together. And always. I, can, I yeah. can
1: imagine Eric Dane and Adam Baldwin just rolling their eyes, <laughs> saying, let's just get our work in and go home.
0: Actually, they're bigger goofballs than we are. But really? They just, they just have a different way of showing it. Yeah, but everyone's got their own little personality they bring to set, and it's it's a lot of fun.
2: It seems like you guys are actually, like, everyone does seem like they're pretty good on and off set, and the chemistry's on and off set is really cool, which I think some sh- a lot of shows will say they have that, but, I mean, just from experience of having everyone in and seeing people, it does seem like it's really real, and I think that does translate on screen to when you see the relationship?
0: Well, I think it's because we get paid to like each other. Uh, So (laughs) that's that's pretty much it. We're not real friends. We're just like, (laughs) we're we're around each other. Might as well try to like each other. (laughs) Put up with each other. No, everyone's really, really cool. And I think as the years have gone on, Real friendships have formed, so it's been a lot of fun. Well, it has
1: got to be something. I mean, you have one of the top-rated Sunday night shows, if not the top-rated week-to-week. I remember that the one week that Last Ship was usurped on Sunday nights was I Am Kate's premiere, which was like an event a couple weeks ago, and then Last Ship takes the top spot again. So it's got to be really nice having a very good show and a very popular show to say, hey, assuming we don't get written off the script and killed at some point, we could be here for quite a while. There's no reason there couldn't be a four, five, six seasons.
0: I've learned with this show, <laughs> season three. I'm just going to look at season <laughs> just gonna three. Just going to count it right there. Yeah, I'll just stick with season three, and I think that's a lot to look forward to in itself, so I'm, I'm yeah. not going to get too far ahead of myself, and, and that's actually what Adam Baldwin from the very beginning, he said, because I came in, young pop, I'm like, well, TV series, well, we get six years, well, and he's like, take it easy, uh, <laughs> just focus on this right now because it's a great opportunity, and this might be all we get is one season. And it's it's that old, grizzled veteran that just comes in and drops bombs of wisdom, and he uh, he's, he's good at doing that. And, cool. and he, that's interesting, I'm glad you
1: said that, because he specifically has seen it. Firefly, cult following, everybody wanted yep. that thing to go again and again, didn't happen. Yep. So
2: he's experienced this firsthand. Yep. Just to live in the one that you're actually yeah. filming, yeah. doing right there.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, what is it like, because have you been out to any of the conventions and stuff, with with Kevin and Jocko, and then because they say that at these conventions, Adam is a god, and oh, the rest man. of you are like, oh yeah, right, the rest of the last shit
0: people. Yeah, when the, when the fans get a chance to ask questions, they just direct all of them to Adam. <laughs> so we just kind of sit there and just twiddle our thumbs, and we're like, well, maybe, maybe they'll ask me one question, <laughs> or, or usually we interject, answering Adam's questions for him, just so that we can feel like we're we're relevant on the stage.
1: That's uh, I, I. it's interesting to see the development I guess of some of the younger characters and younger actors in here. There's a few folks on this show who are very very young career wise yeah. coming into this show and military roles I mean we're no acting experts I think we're hosting experts but not acting experts uh, military, <laughs> military roles aren't take it easy one show at a time thanks Adam military roles aren't necessarily as emotionally tough to play on the surface. You're not crying as much. You don't have as many as much of an emotional range. But I think it's almost tougher because you have to carry those emotions. Mm-hmm. And We saw it in a scene in Cry Havoc when you and Lieutenant Foster, when Kara and Danny get together and she says, Love I'm paraphrasing, that. but whatever Love the phrase was, scene. you know, don't let me raise this child alone, that kind of yeah. stuff. Well, you're playing an, a A soldier. You cannot cry and bawl and do that stuff, but you got to convey it underneath Mm -hmm. the surface. Is that tougher to do that than just to, hey, this is my one emotion and I'm doing
0: it? Mm. Uh, You know, no matter what, everybody has all these emotions. But when it comes to military, I think what happens is people, they they put on, uh, they project a military, men and women, you can't have emotions. And that's also what society has done to men. Men cannot show emotion. So I think what's great about this, even though it is a military role, is conveying men can show emotion. And Eric Dane shows emotion uh, yeah. quite a bit. Um, same thing with Adam when he lost he lost his child and you know, realized his, his child was dead. I feel like they've done a good job at allowing us men to have our moments. Um, while also having our moments where we have to say, you know what? there's a time and a place. And we have to really serve the the mission first, and we can't really give into our emotions. But they they give us that outlet to at least express it. And I, I like I like that they're sending that message out.
1: It's uh, it's an interesting show. I think one of the better scenes, emotion wise, was Eric Dane's uh, was President Mister and. Commander Chandler oh, Captain that Chandler episode
2: that was with them talking back and forth yeah, yeah. was an intense talking episode. about
1: Michener's children and what he did and all that kind of stuff yep. and yeah. just balling they, together they rocked
0: that man they, that was a really cool episode and just to have just those two on screen the entire time it takes it takes a lot you know of presence yeah. and they they crushed it
1: it's it, Talk to me a little bit now. We've got a couple Twitter questions and we're taking some more from you guys. And I know you've probably got more than yeah, I do. Yeah, I get a few queued up. Here. Um, but I did want to talk to one because the scene that we're talking about, uh, Green and Foster. Thank you,
0: by the way. That was a really great scene. I loved filming that scene. That's it was my, one of my favorite scenes this season. Really? I think, yeah. 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 It was, I, I think it's because you get to kiss somebody. That's never a bad thing. Well, also, we also get to talk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> her and I have so many scenes where, where it's left to the audience to figure mm-hmm. out how they. Uh, like, our emotional arc is pretty much. Uh, put into the audience's minds, like they can figure out for themselves. You know that you see Karen and I periodically. This one, like, no, you get to go on the journey with right. us
2: this time. And we've and, uh, gotten tweets up until this asking, sort of, what is going on with that storyline? What's happening with the baby? So people, even though if it wasn't being shown on the screen, they were still wondering about it. That's when you know you have a good storyline going there. That people, even when they don't see it, are thinking about it. That's a pretty big thing. Well, I'm hoping season three is a sweet spot with that because there's yeah. a lot
0: of development that. That uh, a lot of potential for for that storyline. So we'll see what happens. Yeah,
1: and I think it's safety for you and her. Uh, you can't. It's tough to to remove. You, a you character. can't even say that
0: <laughs> in today's in today's world. You can't even say
1: that. <laughs> One episode at a time. <laughs> I'll, I'll knock on wood. We've got a little bit of wood down here. Yeah, we got some wood. Um, okay, so a couple questions about that. And actually, the first one is about Green and Foster. Uh, from Miss Barbara J on Twitter, Miss Barbara underscore J. She asks, please mm-hmm. ask Travis, I really miss the Foster Green storyline. When can we expect to see more of their relationship? We saw it this week. She said this before Sunday. Mm-hmm. But besides that, is something coming next week, or do you think it's just a sweet spot next year?
0: Um, you'll see something tomorrow. Or, sorry, you'll see something on Sunday in the finale. Okay, Yeah, so definitely tune in. If you like our storyline you're going to want to check it out.
2: Good. Good. Good I have a question from Jacqueline and she wants to know, was Lieutenant Green the role that you originally auditioned for? And if so, what was that process like for you?
0: Uh, Yes, that is the role that I I auditioned for and uh, you know what? I've been in LA for 12 plus years. I've tested for so many shows Mm. and always gotten second place, third place Uh, and I've been in front of the studios and for the networks through that whole just rigorous process and it's the process sucks. If, if yeah. you know, if you continue getting no's, no's, right. no's. Right, not a glamorous
2: process right. like some will believe or something. Right, it's, yeah. a,
0: it's a hard process. You know, with the right perspective, it's a great process. Um, but, but having no's over the course of eight years, it's hard. Because you, you, you get this close, and then they're like, well, well, this other guy, he just seems to, like, fit the part better. So go off and do your thing, you suck. Um, they really don't say that, but that's I you do it. Uh, so this, this, this role I got to audition for, and I went in there and... Um, Denise Shamian, she's the casting director, we just had a great time. We played. We really messed around with it and just really got it to a cool place, and they sent off the tapes, and then from there, uh, I got a call. said, Bay, watch the tape. That was his choice. Let's wait for TNT approval. TNT approved, and then I was like, hey, guess what? You got the job. So So, was it off the one tape? So it it? turned out to be the easiest process that I've had in in the 10 years at that time in L.A. So for me, I always look at things like, a lot of my experiences, I feel like, I feel like we earn who we are. And I feel like I earned that. For, to, for this process yeah. to be as easy as it was, I feel like I, I earned that. Right. Um, and I, not being, you know, I don't want to be an arrogant shithead and say, like, I deserved it. But, like, <laughs> I worked my ass off to get there, and I, uh, it just happened to, to work easily.
1: Yeah, no, there's definitely... Do you? Are there any shows that you're comfortable talking about, I don't know if you're allowed to, but anything when you came in second place that went on to be successful?
0: That you wish, man. I wish I had had. That. Oh yeah, um, I I was right up there with uh, Ian Summerhold in, in uh, Vampire Diaries. Wow, wow. Yeah. So that was close. Yeah. Very different. And, than that this. Would, <laughs> and I would be. I, I would live in Atlanta, where I'm from. And they're on season seven or eight. <laughs> like it would, I would have a very different tra- trajectory right now, and different fan base, different, mm-hmm. different everything. Um, I got really close. Shit, I got. have cl- gotten close on a lot of things, and I'm sure every that actor- has to be a good sign, though.
2: I don't think you can say every. I don't know if a lot of actors do always I get promise that you, close. Every
0: actor has had moments, whether it's a big job or little yeah. job, where they were on hold for something, or mm-hmm. you know, there's a pin in you. Yeah. So then you're you, you know you're just waiting for your phone. Ring like, it, ring it, no, <laughs> it ring it. No, ring it. Basically, you just hold your phone here, just waiting. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. You know, it becomes this unhealthy obsession because yeah. this 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 job could be. Hey, it's a great opportunity to get exposure, to make money, to you know further your process so uh, i'm sure a lot of actors yeah have had that experience that's
1: uh, that's really interesting to me especially uh vampire diaries what a different show what a different requirement Absolutely. totally different fan base it would have been um but you can't hate how it worked
0: out mm-hmm. and, everything uh I, I always like the saying what's for me won't go by me and i always use that after auditions if if it's meant for me to, it, i'll get it and there's always some kind of divine guidance if if you believe that. I believe that that something uh, you know will come when it's supposed to come, and there's reasons behind it. And ten
1: years in LA to do it, you get the patience of
0: a saint. Wow, well, uh, well, because LA is, yeah, it's tough. It's a tough city. Again, you, I've had to earn that. Yeah, because didn't be, just growing up in this town, I came out here when I was 20, and I'm 32 now. And, you know, growing up out here. Is uh, again, it's not an easy place to grow up, especially when you're being rejected constantly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah but at then, 20 years old, too, in right. like this development stage when you're building. <laughs> it. Yeah, right. But then
0: again, you also have so much beautiful stuff that's here in Los Angeles. You have, you have, there's just great spirituality. There's, there's great culture. There's a lot of like healthy competition. There's great creativity. There's nature everywhere. You have, I mean, you, you have, you have everything you need to yeah. really get by. So. Uh, move to L.A. if you want to start acting.
1: <laughs> no, but I mean, I think that's the point. I think that's not to get too far off the show, but I think that's kind of the point of this is you did and so many others do what you have to do. Nobody here, there are mm-hmm. people here are this is their first job, but it doesn't mean they've been working for two weeks. <laughs> These people have been putting in a lot of time to do stuff like this. And I think, you know, it's funny. It's almost like sports. You see somebody overnight and you say, that's an overnight success. They had a great season or they had a great season on television or whatever it was. Where would they come from? They came out of nowhere. Well, overnight success takes a decade. Right. You know, and now you're in the... In the in the minds of people who maybe otherwise would never have seen you, but it's like, wait a second, I've been here for a decade.
2: Yeah, and then <laughs> you look you back
0: been... at all the stuff that I've done, and I play an asshole in everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you look back at all my stuff, and I get to play this, you know, this stereotypical mean guy that's privileged <laughs> that just wants to make everybody else suffer so that he can have a good life and feel good about himself. What, what was your favorite gig besides Last Ship? where did you have the most fun? You know what? I got to play this uh, this this cop from. The 1980s that time travels to the present to fight crime. as a web series what? called Squad 85, and I played Rusty. And I played this cop. I wore extra short shorts. I had a mustache, a scar on my face, and it was just the most ridiculous fun. That's that pretty I've had.
2: amazing. Yeah. Was that one of the first jobs you booked? What no, was, was actually? That was actually right. You? That was right before I got the last ship. Really? Yeah. How I'm old just, were you when you booked your first job? So you moved out at 20. I moved out here at twenty. Yeah. Uh,
0: I got an, I got an agent at when I was twenty-one. So after six months, I got an agent, mm-hmm. and then I started booking student films right away. And they sent me on student film auditions. I started booking those like crazy. Um, I can't, going back and watching those is, is quite <laughs> the <bad>. Um uh, <laughs> uh, And then I start. They started putting me out for little uh, co-star spots, and I got a little co-star spot on Mad TV. Yeah, oh. and I got to. Uh, Acting uh, in front of a live audience of like three or four hundred people, and it was a scene with what's the, what's the guy's name? He always played the he played the, the he always played the kid, like the creepy kid. What was his name?
2: I oh, don't know. I can figure Stewart. it out.
0: Though. He, Stewart. He plays. Like, Stuart. Oh, what is engineer in there? God. Uh, anyways, I got to do a scene with. I think his name's Michael or something. I got to do a scene with him, and it was he's freaking hilarious. And then my first real job was that. So Raven, I got to do a guest. Star
2: wow.
0: Star. Yeah. And okay. that was in front of a live studio audience as well. So for me, it was like, that was just getting thrown into the deep end. <laughs> uh, but it was a lot of fun, and I got to kiss Raven and the other... Uh, the other actress, so I was like, This is the coolest show. Ever. <laughs> oh man, you if you ever do get to go on The View, I don't know if she's
1: doing the new season, she did the last one. If you ever do get so. to go on she, The View, she's, she's on there. there. Yeah, oh yeah, is she on the next one. She's on nine. I think she's, okay. yeah,
0: she's continuing. Oh, okay. we'll have, what we'll do is we'll reenact our scene exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right. the kissing part. <laughs> no, I'm serious because whenever we would kiss or whenever we'd be close together, we would have a,
2: a psychic vision. That oh. was the storyline. Were you psychic also? Yes. So this is called double wow. vision. So and then I've it, definitely seen that. I was a big yeah. That's So Raven fan back in the and day. And then when our lips touched, it was like
0: whoa, crazy clear psychic vision. Wow. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. That's Interesting. A lot of fun. Cool. First job.
1: <laughs> that was way back in the day. Um, I don't even know how to transition off that. Let's move on to some more Twitter questions. We got a lot. These are good questions. Uh, first off, do you know when season three starts to film? Have they told you? uh probably the same as every every year it's
0: probably mid-October. Okay. Yeah. And so
1: we'll see it I guess next summer.
0: Summer show. Yeah. Always good. summer show. Good yeah. good
1: good. Uh a couple more uh what's the next acting role you shoot? Do you have anything booked besides this in the meantime?
0: Uh the next the thing that I've been really focusing my effort on is I'm making a documentary right now. I've I've had a really uh so lucky that I get to do this and I get to travel across the world to these developing countries and build schools. So uh, I work with an organization called Build On and uh, we team up with with these communities and we live with these families and we build the foundation of a school with them and we really Mm -hmm. empower them because they have to finish the school without us. So we just basically go there and they were such hard we don't do anything like they show us what real hard work is <laughs> I I bet. Bet. we just go there to you know have a really beautiful cultural exchange and we get to know them and we get to live what their life is like and we check out of this crazy life to check in to what life really is it's this beautiful experience and uh i had started leading treks with build on because it just captured me, so I called build on and I said I want to lead treks. What do I do? And they started sending me to lead treks, and I was leading like eighth graders and their families from Dallas to go build school, wow. and I'm, like a group of college kids from the U.S. to go build a different school. I went to Haiti and Nicaragua, and so I, I said, I, you know what? I got to get my friends involved. So I teamed up with my friends, and I got a, a bunch of us to raise a hundred grand to build three schools. That's amazing. And um, I got got together with Justin Baldoni, who's one of my greatest friends, and his production company, Wayfair Entertainment, we've teamed up and we're making a documentary called Groundwork. And we were taking these kids, a group of my friends, we already went to Malawi this summer, and that was just incredible. I teamed up with a group of inner city kids from Detroit who, most of them live below the poverty line, like on 7 Mile or 8 Mile, they uh, they come from broken homes or on the verge of, of gang life. Mm-hmm. They, they they just it, they they don't have the best of situation, and a lot of people have low expectation on them. Oh, since you're in Detroit, oh, Detroit is this, but these kids are these kids are ridiculous. So I got to team up with these kids and take them through this experience and facilitate this life changing uh, experience with them. And we, and we So we're we're documenting this beautiful story called Groundwork, um, and these kids taught me so much. And you know they're. They're not bound to these low expectations. They're not bound to the situations that they were born into. They're, they're really making effort to change their life. It's really inspiring stuff. It's going to be a great story. And we're in the process now of, uh, just, you know, trolling through the footage and coming up with the narrative and telling the story. And, uh, August 2016 is, is, that's pretty uh, awesome. That's yeah. all
1: I, I would absolutely watch something like that. Yeah,
0: that's really really
1: cool. And you took care of my next question too. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> wanted to know what what was next with Build On. So oh yeah, I go. saw that. Are you yeah. are you going back to Africa? Are you going to reshoot like with the kids? Are you going to go back with them, or was it just one and done one trip? Well, we
0: them? went to Detroit. You know, I got to go to Detroit uh, twice to meet them and their families and to do some service with them in Detroit. Because what happens is with Build On, they, they take kids in in Brooklyn and D.C. and Philly and Detroit and Oakland. They take these kids and they put them through an after school program. Program where they they begin to be of service to their communities, and these kids mm-hmm. begin changing the communities they live in, uh, and they they work with the homeless, they do, they work with the veterans, they they paint murals and they board up uh, they board up the abandoned houses, and once they acquire a certain amount of community service hours, then Build On takes them to go. Um, Build a school so i've had a chance to go to Detroit twice to get to know these kids and their families that 's cool, so you know
2: you meet them and work with them there, and then you go off with them on a trip yeah and, and wow so yeah. you 're really developing like relationships and long term things it 's not just yeah, and you know it didn 't necessarily start off as that, yeah. you know, but now that yeah. i 've been back from malawi
0: i 'm in contact with a lot of them, and a lot of them are reaching out to me and asking me like hey you know i, I 'm I'm, I'm, my mom is not listening to me, and like they're not paying attention to me. And I just I, I have all these needs that I want, but they they're, they're pretending like I don't exist. Like what do I do? And I'm like all right, well you know what? Let me uh, let me give you some advice. And uh, I'm I, I didn't realize how close I would become, and how much I would love these kids. And yeah, I think it's going to be something that is uh, true friendship that, that that was created from service. When you serve together. Mm-hmm. There's a different kind of essence that's involved and you, like, all the barriers get shed and you connect in ways that you never thought possible. And on these trips to go build schools, so Build On has found a formula that works because you feel on these trips unconditional love like you have never felt it. And you come home going, like, what happened to me? I don't know what that was. (laughs) And you can't help but, like, have a certain part of your wall, your defenses, your mask. you, You can't help but have some of that melted away. Um, so I'm very lucky that I, I got to know these kids from Detroit, and uh, I'm excited to get to know them more.
1: And it feels like, I mean, everybody's out of their comfort zone. You're not in their neighborhood. They're mm-hmm. not in yours. You're all in Africa.
0: <laughs> like, n-
1: nobody has any frame of reference for anything around here. You know, it's got to be culture shock for you. I've never been anywhere like that, but it's got to be incredible. I've been through the Middle East a lot. And just the different cultures, and it's like, wait a second. This is how people live. This is life every day. Talk about
0: day. perspective. Yeah. yeah talk about the things that we, you know, we uh, we take for granted that we can turn on our shower and then go brush our teeth and then, you know, go talk to our roommate. Like, oh, shoot, the shower's been on for five minutes. Yeah. You don't get that. Hey, don't
1: say that in L.A. because you're not going to get that here either. <laughs> I didn't say that
2: I did that. I'm just
0: saying we take advantage. All right. Don't put words in my mouth. If we take advantage of certain uh, luxuries that we have. And, you know, I got a chance to, what Build On does is they, uh, every school built they have an adult literacy program so the adults get to learn to read and write for the first time and it's basic literacy and I got a chance to interview That's... a lot of the adults that had gone through the program and they were saying, saying things you know, that we take for granted like they could now go into the market and not get taken advantage of because they now know how to count yeah. so they're not getting ripped off, they know how to read street signs so they don't have to walk around like animals things that we don't even think about education is a right that we have and if you don't get an education in this country it's like whoa, whoa, what's going on here Education is a human right, and in a lot of these, uh, you know, developing countries, it's not something that they all get the chance to have. And I think that's why the mission is so important. And and then having our kids from Detroit and from all the inner cities in the U.S. participate in giving that education is profound. And they're receiving so much more of an education than you can in a, in a classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and they're also giving education. They, they're... It's a profound thing, and, you know, we'll capture all that and, and tell the story in the documentary, and it's going to be something that hopefully makes you go, holy shit, i got to get off my ass and do more for yeah. the world. I mean, I already just from hearing <laughs>
2: conversation, I feel that way, so I'm sure watching well, the documentary. Well, what are you waiting for? I was going to say the same
0: thing. What's your next trip? Because yeah. we'll, we'll yeah, go. Literally you know, I'm going, going to Nepal uh, wow. at the end of this month to, to do our final school. So we're going to a, a, an area that was devastated by the earthquake, and we're going to build a school and, and team up with... Um, with a a community and we're going to do the same thing so that'll also be part of the documentary
1: I mean he does it all really what are we supposed to say if Kate were here I know what she'd be saying (laughs) oh god (laughs) (laughs) is there anything you don't do
0: there's a lot of things that I don't do that's like just put him on the spot I don't know I don't know the, the, the thing that came to me is uh, the, the happy uh, happy gilmore line is like you eat shit for breakfast and he's like no i don't i don't eat shit for breakfast i don't eat shit for breakfast man okay that's
2: uh that's probably important we <laughs> also we also know you may not conserve water whoa 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 actually that's fun. in the episode they were also trying to conserve water at one scene and i was just Very thinking, it story actually had me think back to him like oh my god like i don't even know it it's just it is all perspective and sometimes in the show it also leaves me when you see the world in the shape that it's in it brings me back to perspective because we always say it almost every after show that as as out there as the show is it's so grounded and we watch it as not reality but you watch it being like oh my god yes I could see the world in a shape like this and these how the, this is how the people would act and that's one of the my favorite things about the show I think yours mm. too we've said that
1: yeah, it hasn't jumped the shark yet. And yeah. I don't know that it will. I mean, I
2: hope it doesn't. But it hasn't had that moment where we
1: said,
0: eh, you know what, that's stupid. That well, we're going to have happen. a talking whale next season. <laughs> okay. Uh, that I'm might, that might season three, the one right.
2: plot line we know. <laughs> uh, you know,
0: our ship's going to go down and we're going to have to ride a whale. <laughs> yeah. to see. But I think, I, I think what's great about the show is this could happen to the world. And if yeah. it did, you know, if, especially when it came to our storyline with the Immunes, if, if mm-hmm. these people have this power and they think that they're the God-given, you know, uh, righteous ones of the planet if you have this uh this power what are you going to do with it you know are you going to use it for good or bad and they were they wanted to use it for selfish means and i think it taps into the you know very uh human question of who are we if all the rules all the laws mm-hmm. everything all the structure goes away who do we become do are we inherently good or you know when survival kicks in do we do some effed up stuff yeah to 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 take care of ourselves, or do we work to get like it? Just it asks a lot of questions about who we really are, and that's why I'm intrigued by the show too. And I can't wait to see where it goes because yeah. it, it's how are we going to restart a civilization? How do we? I mean, I know I got the task of repopulating the civilization. You know, <laughs> so pretty good, pretty good responsibility. <laughs> you, you were one for one, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Who knows? It's, it, it asks a lot of questions, and there's a lot of growth for this show. So when when you asked before. You know what's the? Do I see this going many seasons? I see this for sure going many seasons, and I hope hope I'm a part of it. Yeah, it's and it's funny because this is the kind of
1: story and the kind of show. The Immunes, uh, Sean. See see you later, pal. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Nice knowing you. Uh, But the Immunes and stuff, there would absolutely be groups like that, whether they're immune or not or whatever. But there would absolutely be these religiously. Tinted groups that say this is the apocalypse, because we see it nowadays with a ton of groups. This is the apocalypse, the apocalypse is here, follow us for salvation, whatever the case is, and all these splinter groups that would break oh, off. Yeah. Of. And we see that and say this is absolutely something that would happen. The one question, okay, we want to know this from you because we've debated this a lot. Oh gosh. <laughs> the one it? question with, with this show if a celebrity in real life if this were to happen in real life <laughs>
2: Bobby is really great. hard for this part I, just, really I, just, I would this. love to see this in
1: real life <laughs> I'm intrigued, which, which celebrity would be most likely to survive like if, if the crew made it to southern California what celebrity is left standing
0: out of all celebrities in the world or uh, like-,
1: like LA, TV, whatever famous people in America
0: who would survive yeah. this
1: like like Bear Grylls, probably, but who else? Like, what other celebrities would survive? Angelina Jolie, I mean,
0: clearly. <laughs> you th- oh, so An- you think Angelina Jolie would be there... Yeah, I, I feel like she would be holding the flagpole and like saying, "Follow me." I, mean, <laughs> I could see that. Okay, yeah. I could see that.
2: I'll follow her. I, I don't s- think we picked her. Not, nobody's picked anyway. her. No. I said Kanye West because he's kind of crazy. I don't think Kanye West. I think he depends on too many people. I think <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't function on his that. own. That's a no. good like, We went in deep with this. We <laughs> really <laughs> we did. Die. We spent like ten minutes one day. I, I mean, it. would the
0: Dalai Lama? You think? You think he'd be able to survive? Mm, I I he's doubt too it. old. He, he needs other people to take.
1: I, I think he's too into helping people. Just think yeah. human contact. This thing is so contagious, the chances of being immune are pretty small. Anybody like that who's into helping people, that's why I think Kanye, because he's not going to do a lot. I don't mm. think he'd go be helping people. I think he's going to go
2: be alone. He'd try and run for president. That's a and terrible the thing immune, to like say. Like but I think with the people, like we see with the immunes when stuff like this happens, and it seems like everyone wants we, as people, we want to have, want to define things. We want to find our hope. We want to find a direction to go in. And I think that's what Ramsey was offering these people. So I don't even know. When I watch it, I'm like, D- are, you know, are they inherently like you said? Are they good? Are they bad? What's their intention? Or do they are they just you know drinking the the Kool Aid, if you will, of what he's what he's giving? Well, I think what they
0: play into as well of being uh, manipulated and, and being brainwashed. And I mm-hmm. think what they're tapping into is how. Whether we know it or not, that's happening to us. Societally, all of us are being brainwashed. Whether it's our marketing ads, you know, whether it's it's the certain things that the government is pushing, and why are they pushing it? Because they're making money from it. it might not be healthy for us, but all of them have investment and have, you know, uh, they've got some stock in the game. So yeah. of course they want to keep pushing these agendas. And I feel like there's so many areas where we can look at and say we're being manipulated every single day. And to wake up and and you know how do we take our power back and go hold on like let's, let's start actually can governments really serve just the people can they have good intentions like when it comes to creating this next season or maybe the further seasons if we get to restart and reshape and restructure a government how does that look because we can go into dream scenarios here. Like, is that possible? Yeah. It, you know, and even when it comes to structures of religion, you know, is there, like, if we can recreate religion, can we recreate one where, where everyone praises one God and we all, you know, there aren't priests that tell us, you know, like, this is how you live your life because they're human too and they're they're not godly. But is there is there some way where we can all um, come together and truly, you know. Uh, be under one religion. Is that even important? I don't know. There's so many questions that can happen and there's so many possibilities with this this uh, upcoming season.
1: Uh, you just got my mind working so hard. Not necessarily <laughs> smartly, but hard. Uh, I'm a pessimist. I'll always be a pessimist about everything. And I think people will always divide themselves. And for this show, I think it's a cool thing because it will be constant storylines. You can do so many storylines of splinter groups without making it too repetitive. There's so many ways to go with that. But I am too pessimistic to ever believe that the USS Nathan James is going to single-handedly restart the government. There's going to be so many... You know potholes. I think that's what will make that. it a great show. Uh-huh. For Those, sure. those potholes For that sure.
2: make us all tune in every Sunday.
1: Yeah. I just feel like there's always going to be a group. There's, these Americans are distrustful of government. They're distrustful of mm-hmm. authority in general in a lot of ways. And so I'm looking at this and there's always going to be groups that just...
2: Well, that's my next question. And it's, it sort of goes into predictions and I don't know how much you can say or you know is now that we've eliminated you know, our main obstacle... What's the next thing that's look, gonna happen? We're, we're gonna have
0: zombies next season. Let's just, okay. let's just so let's Zombies and a talking chase. wheel. <laughs> so
2: we have quite the interesting <laughs> season three. You know
0: what? I, I am just, I really respect our showrunners. You know, when it comes to Steve uh Steve Kane and Hank Steinberg. These guys mm-hmm. are great at what they do and I'm always uh enamored with, with the direction that they go and with these storylines and, and, and how they've been able to create these these first two seasons and they have so many last-minute adjustments that come in that help really craft the story and make it specific. And watching these guys work, it's, it's, it's
2: definitely watching a couple of masters at uh, their craft. Do, do, do any of the actors have any influence on future storylines for them? Can you drop an idea something that you have in mind, or is that not really? Yeah, they want us to collaborate. That's you know, cool. They
0: really want us to be a part of the process. And they're watching us, like Hawks, too, who we really are in real life and how we act so that they can include mm. that. So it's everything is very. You have to be receptive and open, and you have to want to be collaborative because no matter what, you're always getting ideas from everywhere. Whether it's a little girl crossing you on the street, you know that's in a conversation on her phone, she might say something that goes, "Oh, she's not even talking to you. She's in her own conversation, but she somehow activates an idea in you." Like, Da! thank you, girl. It's not even listening. You know, like you never know where uh, these these opportunities to uh, to be creative are going to come from. So I think you just have to always be open. So I think they're always. Uh, asking us to contribute, and like, hey, if you don't like this, if this doesn't make sense to you, like, how can we make it better? And like, okay, we'll try both of those ideas. Um, so it's it's a good show to work on in that sense because they're empowering us to to be a part of the show.
1: They asked us for ideas when Stephen was here a couple of weeks ago. He took ideas from <laughs> us too. So we've got record the recording. If, I, of guy yes. if mm, I see ideas, the type <laughs> of <guy to> hear. <laughs> if I see ideas that we had next season, I'm going to ask for some mm-hmm. royalties. So um, a <laughs> couple more. Excuse me, a couple more Twitter questions. Uh, do your friends in real life offer you their kids for baby daddy practice?
0: <laughs> uh, you know, my buddy Justin and Emily just had a kid, uh, <laughs> little Maya, and I go over there and, you know, the first the first time I met her, they're like, you want to change your diaper? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, we I, I get to hold her every time I see her, and, and I grew up babysitting. So I've always been around kids. I've always had a, a little soft spot for kids. All my service is based around kids. So... You know what? When that time comes, I I am going to be a good dad. (laughs) It's a method way to get into the role and you're ready to go for it. Always learning. I tell you, he does it all. Uh, Another one from
1: Ben Quo. He asks, ask him, what would he name the child, boy or girl? I mean, this is half the, you know, Lieutenant Foster is going to have a discussion in this, too.
2: I think we should just name the kid Lieutenant. (laughs) Just Lieutenant. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this is—you guys have been going through a lot, and your positions really did define a lot in it. I, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm fine like, with
0: Beast. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, Beast would be a cool name. I think
1: if it's a boy, I think they'll name it Tom. I that's, think that's coming in season three. No, no, I don't think no. that. <laughs> you think Tom? Yeah, after Chandler. After yeah, oh, Captain I Chandler. got it.
2: I understood where you were going. I All just wasn't right. following. Well,
1: you, you both said no so fast. So <laughs> Maybe doubt myself a little bit. Well. Uh, and last one from Twitter from me: Could you ask Travis? Does the entire ship know Doctor Scott murdered Niels, or is Captain Chandler keeping it on the DL for a reason? I think rumors have been going around. Mm-hmm. But what's your interpretation? Do you does, does Lieutenant Green know? That
0: Doctor Scott murdered Neil's. You know, what? I just read the scripts and go, me, 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 not me, not me. So uh, it didn't say anything about that, so I have no idea. Uh, I'm kidding, by the way. I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm not kidding. Um, I think there's supposed to be a lot of chatter going on about that. Um, I'm actually not sure what the, what they want to do with that, but I know that that's a that's a that was a big mm. um, that was in alignment with what the Navy would do. So you have to follow protocol. Yeah. And it brings up all these questions. You know, it's like you trust this person, you respect this person, you'd have done the exact same thing as this person, but you didn't actually do it. She did. So now, does she deserve to be punished right. in front of a? You know, it just brings up a lot of those morality questions. Like, where's your moral compass? How how hard do you have to follow this moral compass in the times when there is no laws? So it's it just brings up again that moral conundrum of who are we and who do we have to be when we don't have anyone telling us how we have to be? Who are we? What, what is the internal structure that we carry? And I think uh, upholding the Navy's standards is what uh, Tom Chandler does very well, and he he hasn't budged. See, but but does that then make
1: uh, does that then make Dr. Scott a quote unquote bad person because she didn't uphold the standard?
0: Well, no, because you can look at all the right. audience, and the audience is going Yo yeah, and you can look at us, and they even said in some of the dialogue in the show that that we were we would have done the same thing, yeah. Um so I think it just it, I think they're just soft tossing up a, a, a conversation starter.
2: Which is really important for the show because going by the book in a time when there was no other rules is the only thing that kept the glue together. So then you see this instance when we wanna make an exception, can we won't we I mean we've also talked about that and that, that that is a huge conversation yeah. that I think the audience is having too. Yeah?
1: I, I agree completely. I, I think. Right? i think... think Validation. Well, I'm just, you know, you're exactly right. Thank you. Um, that's so what much. you needed, isn't yeah. 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 I just, a little bit like that. Once <laughs> in a while. I, just, nice. I guess I'm just trying to think because Niels was such an unlikable guy. So from the I audience thought he was very
0: likable. Oh, I freaking loved Niels. Sarcasm or real? <laughs> no, I loved his character. I thought he was. Oh, great. well, the character was. Amazing. I, I, thought I, did was like, I thought he was, I, was charming. I thought he uh, had this, like, cool creepiness that he always just lived Creepiness, Yes. Sociopic? Empathy. <laughs> there, was, there was like another level there. The man yeah. started an epidemic, but you know what? He did have a heart, though, because you saw at the end he's like, "I want to, I want to do good." So maybe, maybe he had that turn. Maybe he realized. See, some I, of his I interpreted
1: that as complete narcissism, just a total, almost a god complex. Like, mm. I started this. I want to finish it. I want to do
0: good. I'm a good person because you are a pessimist and an asshole because I saw the good in him. (laughs) All right,
2: I saw the good. He wanted to redeem himself, but you be you. (sighs) Yeah, you do you. I think uh, there was a nice point in the episode when Doctor Scott went out there and used her cure in the same way that he was giving the virus. I thought that tied up that circle in a nice way, and for me, that was like you know what. He died for a reason. For that one moment right there, I'm yep. so happy about it because he was creepy and unlikable. I didn't like him. I mean, as as an actor, I'm sure he's a very nice guy, but I hated him as a character. Oh,
1: and you were supposed to. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna text Kate after the show and say, "Well, Travis Van Winkle called me an asshole. <laughs> Interview went terribly today." <laughs>
0: And it's, that's actually a good I've interview, been interview. Waiting for so, somebody it, to it, just right, say it. it, 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 it Don't call you an asshole. That's a good interview.
1: <laughs> I have I have yet to be called an asshole by somebody I'm interviewing on AfterBuzz. So that's oh, the first one. So. Wonderful.
0: I, I, you know, I'm going to run with tonight. yeah.
1: That's the one we'll send to PR folks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Hashtag just blast it out. Um, <laughs> all right. So last question is from me. You say you are from Georgia. Does that make you a Falcons fan?
0: Uh, absolutely, yeah. You know, when uh, when when Vic uh, when Vic was in, in the beginning stages of his career, man, it was exciting to be in Atlanta. It was really exciting. They had the Vic experience. They had all these different rides, and the energy was so palpable. And then then Matt Ryan came through, and it's the same thing. It was like, yeah, it's happening. And and then there's been a you know he's got a, a big journey now. Ahead of him to really pick up the pieces because they've crumbled, and I'm interested to see what they do. You hate the Falcons. <laughs>
1: I'm from Charlotte, Panthers, baby. Cam Newton.
0: Yeah, let's see what he can do. I like to see his game finally starting to evolve. You know, I think his uh, the headspace, his his mentality, his mindset is really beginning to mature. Hopefully, because that was the only thing holding him back. Yeah, and it's just it's the same thing with acting, same thing with music, same thing with sports. It's the same thing with anything that's a, a really high volume sport where there's a lot of competition and a lot of eyes watching you. It's a mind game. Uh, and you really have to have a strong uh, mental focus and, and you know flexibility and durability and, and I think he's he's earned that. I think he's going to do really well this next season.
1: I I will talk to you for three hours about football, so let's not even get into <laughs> it. Actually, um, will. <laughs> I
0: literally will. <laughs> and if you're a Braves that. fan,
1: I'll talk to you for another six about baseball. <laughs> but let's uh, let's not do that. Um, I guess last thing we talked very little bit about the episode. That happens sometimes when we have guests. I'd rather actually hear from you. Build on was more interesting than I think anything mm-hmm. we could have done. The episode. Check them and out. buildon.org. Buildon.org, and We are absolutely.
0: Absolutely going to check that out. Yeah. I would love to go build a school. Absolutely. You just have to raise thirty grand. Um, so, that might be a little bit of a problem. But no, you, people want to do People want to help. They just need a reason. So if you literally, if you ask people, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm raising money for this, even if they say no, what are they going to say? They're not going to be like, Oh, that guy's a jerk. He's trying to build a school. <laughs> no matter what, it's a win-win. So if you if you have a reason and a cause, people are waiting to help. And I think that was my my biggest lesson a couple of years ago when starting to fundraise. I was a little hesitant at first, but. Just mm. going for it. People People step up.
1: I like it. Buildon.org. You'll be in Nepal at the end of this month. Yeah. And then the documentary comes out a year from now, essentially, yeah. August 2016. Yeah. It's called Groundwork.
2: Groundwork. Groundwork. I can't wait for that. That's yeah, really same. cool.
1: Um, you guys have a season three. We already know that. Yes. Last guest we had uh, was Stephen Kane a couple of weeks ago. We didn't know it by then, so please send our congratulations. I call Kane, daddy. <laughs> please send Us our congratulations too, you know. <laughs> to everybody. And let them know that if they need some folks to play, like, news hosts on the mm-hmm. show... I'm not doing anything next. You want to
0: play? Uh, you know, you're going to play a dead character next year. How about okay. that? You just be a dead body. next I opt be a live one, okay. but give him the dead. I, I can play a guy me.
1: who's lying down.
0: I can absolutely <laughs> do my that. That's Dad's dream, you know. My dad just wants to play a dead guy in the show. So next season, <laughs> you got to make that happen for your dad. Oh, it's going to happen.
2: <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Um, um. I, I love it. Uh, at Nicholas
1: Grava on Twitter, Travis know, like is you. at TV Dub. Uh, I'm at Bobby Demuro. Uh, you guys can comment again all week. We'll be back. Not this Sunday. It's Labor Day. This is a weird time of the year. Uh, So we won't be back this Sunday for Labor Day. We're going to be back then next week for the finale, the 13th or whatever day that is. Um, So we'll be back then for that. We'll kind of do a double episode and do all that kind of stuff. Travis, thank you very much for coming in, man. This was fun.
2: You're not an asshole.
1: I kind Uh, of am. Don't take it
2: back. Thank you. There we go. He said he was kidding. And
1: that's it this week on AfterBuzz. We'll see you guys in what, 10, 12 days? Yeah. The next Sunday for our next Last Ship After Show. Have a great week, guys.